January 10, 2024. So off for Pedro's show.
Live for Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Uh, start off, John Coltrane, my favorite things, a live excerpt from Birdland. March 2, 1963, John Coltrane. Then Velvet Crash, Ash and Earth. Because of those Estonian software engineers with their scab invention, I got with me. Paul Chastain. Is that how you pronounce? Chastain. Chastain. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Paul Chastain, <laughs> all the way over from, from Japan, 17 hours ahead of what? That's right. Uh, welcome aboard, yeah. Paul. Thank you, sir. Yeah, not the most uh, practiced intros, but hey, you're aboard. And uh, <laughs> first, first off, let's give Howard credit for the connect, right? Oh, man, Howard's awesome. Yeah, Howard beautiful Wolfing. man. Yep, absolutely. He's a good dude. The wolf. Okay. The wolf, the howling wolf. The right, howling wolf. right. You know he was in the nurses, right, in the 70s. Yeah. He way back, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, Howard. He's got he's he's got quite a little musical uh, pedigree himself there. Absolute takes one to know one or knows one to take one. Whatever. So <laughs> you know both. it's who you blow. I can't remember. I <laughs> can't keep it straight. Uh, Paul, <laughs> please bring your earliest musical recollection. Earliest musical recollection. Wow. Um, remember it's a like Waffle Pedro a show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> um. Jeez, I don't know. I've uh, had cats here, for example. I've had cats on the show who was hearing shit while they were still inside their ma. Wow. Well, I don't <laughs> have, yeah, not quite that early. Not quite that early. It seems the uh, most common wanna, one yeah. is riding around in their parents' car hearing the radio. Yeah, I got that. I got that, too. But I, I think I heard, uh, I think I'm thinking more like TV, music from TV or radio, you know, in the house. Yeah. Just my mom playing music and uh, sitting there as a little kid. And, uh, yeah, and then a little bit later on, my I have an older brother, and he, he would bring music in, you know, like some uh, singles and things like that. So that was a little bit later I started hearing pop music, like, you know, like the monkeys and things like that. But TV music's your first musical memory, or your yeah, earliest so. one yeah. you got at this point in your life. What about this yeah. pad you grew up in, besides having an older brother, was a musical instruments um just you know my brother played trumpet and my mom played a little guitar when she was a kid and stuff so but not not super musical i mean we just kind of gravitated what i'm what i'm wondering is if you jumped on any of those musical instruments sure like you know since i my brother played trumpet so i learned to play kind of by ear you know before i was able to do it in school I would just pick up his horn, his, you know, his cornet that he had abandoned for the trumpet. And um, I learned to play that, you know, kind of by myself before I took it in school. And then um, when I would go to. No, let, let's talk day, about school. Were you in the choir, or the marching band or shit like that? I was in the band. I was always a band guy. Like I started playing trumpet in like uh, fifth grade or something. And then after that, I was just playing horn in school all the time. And I was in all the bands, you know, marching band. Uh, sure, sure. Trumpet, band, huh? Jazz combo. And, and maybe yep. some kind of influence from your brother, maybe? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, that's the records I learned to play to. <laughs> Actually, and I still love these records. Uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass Records. You know those records? Well, I think it's Tijuana. There's no A, but... Tijuana, right. Yeah, right, because it's Aunt Josephine, right? <laughs> or no, it's Aunt Jeanette. Um, it's Aunt Jeanette if you put an A in there, but... Uh, right. uh, it's about 120 miles south of me. Uh, I think it's the busiest border crossing in the world. But um, yeah, right. well, okay. he had a lot. You know, what? the story I heard that tripped me out 
Well, they don't know how to come in. So, supposedly, who's the first call drummer man? Uh, Hal Blaine. Hal Blaine. <laughs> he says, yeah, so he comes up with that fucking kick drum to get him in. Boom, boom, boom. That's it. That was actually a device to get the band together, and it became signature for the tune. Shows to go, you're right. Okay. Yeah, man. Let so, me ask so you this, when Paul. When I was hearing that stuff, when you're hearing that stuff, or as a kid, you'd have no idea that it's like this legend. Shit, I was a grown man and I had no idea about that shit. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> no, it's a record crew. Anyway, the Herb Records, I, I learned to play trumpet to those kind of. And uh, There was a I great band up in the city called Black Humor, and they had this one tune, I think it was called Neo Hippies. And one of the lines was, the only thing new is you finding out about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, talk awesome. about an aphorism. <laughs> now, uh, what was the first record you bought with your own money, Paul? Uh, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I don't, I think maybe I bought um, a, a Beatles 45 at a garage sale. It was kind of my first one, you know, and I was I was too young to be going to record stores. Well, that's why I asked the question, because when you're young, you ain't got a lot of money, so it's trippy to see what you would spend. Yeah, on. so I think, I think I bought maybe like... Maybe Hey Jude or something, and you know, on the Apple label and all that, and the, the forty-five of it, all scratched up copy at the garage sale. Right, right. And uh, uh, first gig you saw? First gig I saw. Oh, geez. Um, wow. Well, you know what? The first club show I ever went to. There was. I, I grew up in Champaign, Illinois, right? And um, college town. There was a Cham band there. Champaign, Urbana. The sister town, right? Champaign-Urbana, yeah. I, I grew up there. That's where the University of Illinois is. And I grew up there. And, uh, Fighting Illini. Great colors, fight, like blue right. and orange or some shit. Orange and blue, yep, yeah, that's it. The Illini. So there was a band there called The Rave that I used to go see. And they were kind of like, in a way, they were sort of maybe influenced by Cheap Trick, how they kind of like had their own sort of personas, you know, stage personas. Because Cheap Trick's from Rockford, Illinois, and it's, you know, in the same state. Quad City. <laughs> they were a big influence influence on everybody in the state i think so anyway i went to see this band my friend uh uh jake slichter who is in the he's in now in the band called semi-sonic um he was my high school friend and his brother worked for this band called the rave and we were probably still you know we were too young to go into a club but uh he brought they got us into the show because you know his brother got us in and uh, I had never been into a club, you know, a rock club, seeing a show, and it just blew my head off. You know, it was like so awesome. First uh, <laughs> rock like club Minutemen played in Champagne was Mabel's. Mabel's, yeah, I used to play there all the time. That was and the uh, you know the roadie that doesn't lift anything for Ario Speedwagon came to our gig. It was snowing outside. This motherfucker was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. By the way, that yeah, was man, an image. Uh, they, they, I guess, moved to SoCal because we were playing this gig in the Val. And I remember the trippiest scene I ever saw was Dee Boone talking to the singer of REO Speedwagon. You know, this guy's wearing <laughs> di designer jeans and shit. But he was seriously engaged Dee Boone. It was it was very interesting. So, so yeah, REO, do you were... remember the band? It was the rave that was playing, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this band called The Rave, yeah. And they were like a pretty pop uh but rock and uh the, the thing about it was i'd never since i'd never experienced a club before just everything about it you know i hear the music blasting on the pa before they played and um a lot of which i didn't know even that music that i was hearing stuff like uh uh 
XTC and stuff like that. And, uh, and then they played and they were great and they all like sang, you know, it was like harmonies and, uh, like the Beatles. Yeah. You know, but with, with an edge, it had a good edge to it and pretty rock. And, uh, I was really into it. And, uh, that was my first sort of taste of club rock and roll. And I thought, man, this is, this is where it's at. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have to go through the arena rock shit. First gig me and V Boone saw was T-Rex. 1970. Oh, uh, well, at least that's 1973. I, I we were 15 years old. Yeah. Nice. It was the Long Beach Auditorium. Yeah, they tore it down. It's the Long Beach Opera House now. That's where they filmed all those Don Kirshner rock concerts. If you saw those. Oh, really? Wow. That's awesome. You know, I, you weren't in school in the 90s because trumpet players got to be in rock bands, right? Because of the ska thing. Um, but we'll yeah, get to that. We'll get to that. I want to play uh, Staying Found.
I never smoked, but the fact that friends in high school were smoking caused me no distress or discomfort. Free of any scientific inquiry, I became a collaborator with a project documenting their smoking. I'd have them burn a cigarette hole in a page of my ever-present pocket notebook. Next to each hole, I'd write their name, the date, time, and cigarette brand. There would be four or five burns to a page. And after the first few pages, I started a dedicated notebook specifically for this project. I made three books in total. The first one starts in May of 1971, and the final one ends in April 1972. Looking through the notebooks, I know who I was with at a specific time. With several people having burned holes within minutes of each other, it's clear there was a group of us hanging out somewhere. Some friends would seek me out when they lit up so they could be documented. For more than four dozen years, I've kept these notebooks close at hand, packed in a box, treating them with the same care as old family photographs.
Watt for Pedro Show. Started that chunk of music off with Velvet Crush. Doing Stay yeah. and Found. Then we had Alvarez with him for the corner. Brand new. Party Lights. Desire always takes a toll. So I hear. David Greenberger, Tyson Rogers with Tiny Book of Smokes. David Greenberger has got a new release and it's like an, an autobiography. What, I, he has me do a spiel on one that he wrote. Uh, Melvin Gibbs, great bass man, brand new, Life Force. I think he was just in Europe with Ardo Lindsay, DNA guitar man. BXMR, Brother Bruno out of Rotterdam with Ominous. Uh, this is uh, live at the Eugene Difficult Music Ensemble New Music Fest 2023, day three. A tune called Jen Zanil. And uh, it was composed by Gracie Fagan, performed by the Eugene Difficult Music Ensemble. Thank you, Randolph and Graham. Leaf Blower, after that, with Gliding. I'm going to. The uh, Leaf Blower is Raquel and her with uh, Jared of uh, Galaxy, and I'm going to do the Galaxy Lot Trio thing again out Firepost. <coughs> Firehouse Outpost. Joshua, Saturday. Scrapers Papers, best band name ever. <laughs> well, one of them. With Sin, and finally, Velvet Crush. That's a good name, too. California Incline. Have you ever seen that? It's downtown L.A., you know. I saw a sign. No, that's the that Angel thing. Funny. The California Incline's in Santa Monica, right? It goes to PCH. That's right. It's the, it's the Angel's flight that I'm thinking of downtown. But you saw a sign, but 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 I want to know uh, this. Not after school okay. graduating, but after school in the afternoon. Did you get into the garage band, basement man, bedroom band? Yeah, eventually I did. Um, I started a band. I uh, started playing with one of my friends who was also in band, and we used to get together and do stuff. And so we eventually it morphed into a kind of a. Yeah, a garage band, more or less. And it was sort of a new wave kind of band, I think I would say. Now, were you rocking the horn? Nine. Did What's you that? switch instruments? Oh, I ditched, I ditched the horn. Yeah, I, I started playing guitar. and. Uh, Tell me about getting into guitar. How'd that happen? Um, well, you know what? I, I just wanted to, I wanted to write songs, you know. So um, I decided to learn to play. I, started, I learned to play bass, started playing bass first, and then guitar because I just really wanted to write songs, so I went to the party Hey, 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 don't tell just... Dizzy Gillespie that. Don't tell Miles Davis that, because they wrote a lot of songs <laughs> on the fucking trouble. Well, I was a kid, you know. I wanted to write... I, I know, write I, know I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Remember, we were talking so, about... Uh, so I, needed, uh, so I needed some chords. I need some chordal instruments. Well, they do so chords, a... too, but they're monophonic, yeah, but they well, still, they arpeggiate chords, right? Actually, that's the way yeah, Carol yeah. Kay, you were talking about TV music. Carol Kay, that's the way she worked bass lines. She never played riffs. She always arpeggiated chords. Uh, but um, let me yeah, ask you this. I love that kind of playing. I can't. Let me ask you this. How did you get your first guitar? Um, from a pawn shop. I went and, and bought it, and it was pretty cheap and um, pretty terrible. But uh, I learned to play on it and then uh, moved up eventually to something. And I was amazed that it was so much more playable when I got a decent instrument. <laughs> and what about – because most of the time – 
the MO is the parents get you acoustic guitar and you're wondering why it don't sound like those guitars on the record. No, you know, I, I bought a crappy electric guitar first thing. I didn't, I didn't do an acoustic first. Good. Okay. I just, I, you know, I just, I don't even remember what it looked like. I think it looked sort of like an SG or something, but it was really kind of horrible, you know, with like the super high action that you couldn't really play. And, um, well, you but, know, you they, know say a poor carp- little- they say a poor carpenter. They say poor carpenter blames his tools. But look, <laughs> yes. this is what you needed to play with your buddy, right? What was he playing? Uh, he played keyboards, so um, it's kind of locked into that. So, so the first band actually had you know like a Vox organ kind of thing. So it was new wavy with that kind of sound. Okay, but did you have a drummer? Did you have a bass? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, oh. We had a drummer. Another another school friend, and then we we recruited a couple of guys from the school. So, and what was this band called, yeah. Paul? Um, they were called um, Nines. Do you remember the Nines' first gig? Wow, you know I don't. Um, probably though, I was going to say that the, our first gig was probably as many of them were um, opening for some band at Mabel's, that club you mentioned. Yeah, so, yeah, well, that's bitching. We sure. A uh, common thing there. Uh, let me ask you this. What was the material? Was it original or were you copying songs off records like me and D. Boom when we were boys? Um, we were we were writing. So it was that's some original. Great. And it, was like, it was like half and half. I mean, that's why I start. My whole thing about Into Music was I wanted to make songs. So yeah. so they, even that band, me and me and John, the, the um, other guy, would um, we, we wrote songs, uh, each of us, sort of together and separately. And then um, and we had covers, you know, to fill out the set. But. The, the goal was to make our own songs. And you know the Beatles strategy, right? One guy writes the verse and the other guy brings in the bridge. That's completely different, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good strategy. Right. I don't did remember you... how we did it, actually. I think, I don't remember, I actually don't remember how we put them together. I know some of them I wrote kind of more, but I feel like we we did collaborate some and then the band also helped fill stuff out. We, you know, it was all that, that was all the learning process, learning how to do it. So we probably tried every, every way that me and D Boone tried five or six songs where he write one line. I write the other. (laughs) How did that work? (laughs) Only five or six songs. (laughs) Yeah. Probably not our hits. Um, I do like doing that. The thing you were mentioning where you, you do different parts. In fact, we, yeah, because uh, you get a trippy thing, right? Because at the end of the day, it's Sausage Factory. The people don't know where it's coming from, right? It's going into their ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember well, Wizard of Oz with Frank Morgan? Paid no attention uh-huh. to that man behind the curtain? He was the motherfucker yep. behind the curtain. <laughs> he got there by accident, right? The balloon crashed. Uh, That's right. So uh, you can't remember the first gig. What, what, what was the, mm-hmm. the arc of the trajectory of the band? How long it lasts? Well, it was it was really sort of the. Actually, this was kind of my second band. We I had a little fledging band in high school, but so this was more like post high school, um, and so it lasted the length of people's college careers. So it was about the three three years or four years uh, band, basically. And, and what do you do with music after that? Uh, after that, I went. I, I made a solo record. Um, using some of the later stuff from that band plus a few other stuff that I had written. And um, that was my first sort of. Now by solo, I made, I remember my first solo record. There was 48 other dudes on it. (laughs) It wasn't really solo, (laughs) but was your solo? Did you play everything? Uh, I I had guys play with me, but I played, I wrote the songs and I played and sang and uh, I I played guitar. And uh, I think I had a, 
had a couple of other guitar players on different songs, and I had a drummer. It was full band. All of it was full band, but my songs, and uh, I played. I played guitar and maybe bass, but I had a bass player, too, so I didn't do bass on everything. Anyway, it was kind of like half. It was an EP, so it was half stuff from uh, my previous band, Nine, so they were on those songs, and then there was three other songs that I did with different um, different uh, musicians. And did you tour it? I didn't tour. I was in Chicago at that time, and I did a few shows, but that band didn't, that uh, version of me didn't really tour anywhere. I didn't really tour until, um, well, I first, my first tour I did was with the Windbreakers, uh, Tim, Tim Lee and Bobby Sutliff. That's the first tour I ever did. And how'd you get involved with them? Um, you know, that's a good question. Probably, uh, uh, Velvet Crush drummer Rick Mank, who was connected kind of to everybody, knew about everybody. and uh, But I don't really remember how I connected with them, probably through him. So we went as a rhythm section uh, to play with them. We went down to Jackson, Mississippi and played with them. So I think Rick got us involved in that. And then also through Rick, I met Matthew Sweet and got involved with him, whom I'm still involved with to this day. I think New Jersey, right? He was in uh, Princeton, New Jersey at that time. He's from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska originally, but he, at that time he was living in New Jersey. And, um, and Velvet Crush started, though we're all Midwesterners, uh, we started in Providence, Rhode Island. So You know what Sly Stone said? What's that? It's not where you're from, it's where you're at. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> at least nine-tenths of the law, right? But uh, Matthew had a fucking... People like Ivan Julian, uh, yeah, I know Ivan. Dick Lloyd. Yeah, I mean, he had some guitar he, men on his records, huh? He, he really did. Uh, yeah. Rob Quine, Bob Quine, yeah, Quine. Th- three three guys that I look up to so big time. Oh my God! You know, I I played uh, Ivan and Matthew was always very kind to me whenever he'd see me. Very cool. People. Uh, Matthew's great. Yeah. yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I I saw, I, uh, saw that you had Ivan on the show. I listened to a twice. Bit and, um, I had Ivan on the show yeah. twice, his wife on the show twice, Ivan. Cynthia, and his son, Austin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit, I, I would have never believed Ivan, that Ivan shit. In, it's uh, beautiful. It's beautiful. Ivan was in the touring band with uh, with me. In, in, so we did we did a, a two or three tours together with, with Matthew. And uh, I love Ivan. He's uh, he, he taught me a lot of stuff. You know, he's a great living legend and a great player and a great yeah. human. The closest thing I could put him to, and he told me he was into... Keith Richards. It's a trippy version. Yeah. You know, it's an Ivan Julian version <laughs> of Keith Richards. It's so yeah. trippy. It's, I love it. I love it. And him and Bob, and you know what you told me about him and Bob? Their idea was no lead rhythm, do like Yardbirds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you told me. I didn't know that, but that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, uh, yeah, the, the, the back page or whatever, Clapton. Uh, you you, you were at the end of the first hour, Paul. Uh, January 10th, okay. 2024, Dish Wap Pedro Show. It's January 11th for you, though. <laughs> yes, I'll take my hour, too. January 10th, 2024, second hour of the Wap for Pedro's.
بالسلام حطيت ورود الحب قدامك بالسلام بالسلام مسحت بخور الدم علشانك سيب الغضب سيب الألم سيب السلاح سيب السلاح وتعالى تعالى نعيش تعالى نعيش يا حبيبي ويكون غطانا سلام عايزك تغني يا عيني ويكون غناك بالسلام سمع العالم يا قلبي وقول سيبوا الغضب سيبوا الألم سيبوا السلاح وتعالوا نعيش تعالوا نعيش بسلام
Pedro Show start off second hour. Velvet Crush standing still. Kind of a big sin, but I'm worried about that's about. Barbez, brand new. Elegy for Gaza. Actually repurposed just recently. Sunken Lanes with Horse. Graham yet with yet another project. And then Time Wraps Around You, Velvet Crush. Okay, so you're being like a side man with uh, Matthew here. And yeah, come, been, you know. I've been playing first, with you had a band. Yeah, but I'm trying to keep in the timeline here. So you you, you come yeah. out with the band with your school guys, and then you make a solo record, and then you go to Mississippi play with some people, and now you're in. I did a Matthew, tour. Yeah. And now you're in Matthews' uh, band as a side man with Ivan. Uh, what 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 goes on after that? Well, the Matthew thing happened sort of uh, concurrently with starting Velvet Crush. So that that's what put us in Rhode Island in the East Coast, where Matthew was also in the East Coast. So um, we were doing that. And Matthew, actually, we re- he recorded our first record for us, the one called um, In the Presence of Greatness, which Ash and Earth, you played that. Um, that was from there. Matthew recorded that in his uh, little, he had like a house in Princeton where he rented, and it was his demo studio where he would make demos. And we said, your demos always sound cool. Would you record us there? <laughs> so he did that, and uh, that became that first record. And then, so we, so we were doing, uh, Rick Mank and I were doing Velvet Crush and, and also playing with Matthew uh, when, until we had to stop to kind of do our own touring. No, let's get into Velvet Crush, because that's your baby. How did that come about? Uh, well, uh, with my, my longtime pal, Rick Mank, who's another fellow Illinoisan and we were doing music in Champaign doing stuff. And at one point we just said, you know what? We got to get out of here <laughs> and go to a coast or something. By the way, you know what there. Illinois means? You know, the Illini, right? The tribe yep. they named it after. It means up the river. And I learned that because I learned Arkansas means down the river. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. They share. Yeah. That's why that mob, that mob place, hot Springs. No one was allowed to shoot each other. That that goes way back with native people. You weren't allowed to fight, you know. But anyway, wow. so fellow Illinois man, and you guys are finding yeah, yourself Rick, on the East Coast. You're helping out, Matthew. So Rick and I moved. Rick yeah. and I relocated to Providence, where we uh, 
actually stayed with uh, our future guitar player, Jeffrey, and um, got him in the band, too. And then we started practicing and playing, and we um, we recorded stuff at Matthew's in Matthew's um, rehearsal studio space there. And then um, we got that put out, and that actually came out on Creation Records in the UK as well. And that kind of started our stuff. And at the same time, uh, Matthew was starting to tour. He had, he had done, a, I did a tour with Matthew, the, the record before Girlfriend. It's called Earth. And uh, Rick and I did a tour with him then. And then after that, he kind of retooled stuff and, and did Girlfriend. And then we started doing some work some touring work with that. However, we had to leave. That started taking off, and we had to kind of leave and do um, touring for Teenage Symphonies to God, which was our kind of a major label thing that we did with Velvet Crush. So we left for a couple of records of Matthews and then came back after that fact. You know who's living in Providence these days? It's Peter who's from uh, Mission in Burma. No, oh, is that right? I wouldn't shit you. I did not know. I haven't, uh, I haven't been, uh, well, Velvet Crush played there a while. We did like a little reunion thing, 2019, and it had changed quite a lot. The, the city had changed quite a lot, but I hadn't really been there much since then um, or before then. So, but I, you know, I have a soft spot for, for the prop. Oh man, the old the days. Do you remember, you, you're not old enough to know the living room, right? The hot. Yeah. Yeah. I went to living room. Lupo's the living room. Well, Lupo's is a little later. Yeah. Yeah. Downtown. Um, living but, room. Uh, but, I, think, uh, I think I saw living room phase two, maybe or something. This uh, guy, uh, with his mom ran this place. She would cook you up fried chicken and stuff. It was by a Samsonite suitcase factory. And, uh, <laughs> he got killed. He got run over on a bicycle. Terrible. Oh, Jesus. He was a great That's cat. Horrible. Great cat. You know, people, oh, the promoter's always the enemy. Bullshit. I mean, you work for an asshole once, unless you're an asshole yourself. <laughs> and right. uh, having a promoter, a guy who keeps the scene going while you're not there, I don't know, I just got to yeah. understand. Uh, here's a, This ain't Velvet Crush. This is something you gave me called the small square. Let's listen. That's That's the new thing. That's my new thing. We own the hourglass for a while, but then we rise and try again over this mountain down to friendly heights, but we live to fly another day. Is that the way it goes? Is that just the way it goes? Good fight. Is that the way it goes? 
Thank <laughs> you. 
I like the looseness, actually. It's nice. Watch from Pedro show. I've only been doing it 22 years, seven months. Still, try, <laughs> still blowing clams. Still trying to get it together. I'm slow learning. People, that chunk of music started off the, the, the most recent thing, huh? From uh, yes. Paul here. The Small Square from uh, with a tune called The Hourglass. And then we had Tony Oxley. We just lost this man. Incredible, adventurous, uh, pioneer in music, drummer man. This is uh, Sounds of the Soil. Then the re Retail Simps out of Quebec with Love Without Friction. Derek Moneypenny. He's out in the desert, kind of close where I'm going to play Finn, which means end, kind of, right? Uh, FOD yep. with Pep Squad. Ray Shin with What's a Transom Bob? Uh, and then finally, <laughs> the Small Square again with Five Nine Song. Okay, give us the fucking lowdown on Small Square. Uh, Small Square is a project I've been doing for a little while now with my friend John Richardson, um, who is the longtime drummer for Tommy Keen, played with a lot of people, um, and he has a studio nowadays up in Wisconsin, and uh, we we start our recordings there. We made two records, the new one, uh, Hourglass is from the new one that just came out in October, and uh, I'm just kind of you know talking about it with people when I can. But yeah, so we've been doing that. Uh, it's just a kind of a, uh, you know, mostly kind of like a songwriting project. We've done some live stuff, but not a ton. We did a tour of Japan um, for the first record, but uh, it's mostly like, you know, exploring uh, songs and recordings and stuff like that. So, um, but I like the new record. It took a while to get it out. We sort of finished it right as we went into the COVID time and uh, it took a little while to get it out. But it's out now, so I feel better. <laughs> How do you know when a prod is, you know, worth the time, worth the endeavor? And when is it just like, whoa, maybe this is like practice? Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't know that I know. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I do songs and stuff regardless of whether there's a reason to, kind of, you know, apart from doing it. So I just try and keep keep writing and um okay let's talk about you know, that I mean, I mean let's talk about that yeah. do you have like um you make demos you got a library of demos i do make demos i don't have so much of a library because i i try to use everything i can i mean there's you know some unfinished stuff obviously but um i don't uh what about words do you write on demand or do you have like a trove of stuff that's just waiting to see the light of day? i do i do it to order yeah i do it to order i don't i don't really have a i have a few like i have like little scraps you know idea things but nothing i don't like have a full poem you know i heard is like, like that is mick yeah. jagger he comes <laughs> in the studio with no words he just you know oh i gotta write this shit because the pressure yeah, is something I, I, what i do is i usually have i usually have like the like a lot of times when I go to John's to record something, I don't have the whole song and I have the sort of the key parts of it. And I have like a idea for a song form and I have some kind of semblance of some words. And then um, we do the tracking and then I, I fill it in after that point. Cause we don't have, since I'm here in Japan, we don't have a lot of time together. So we try and, you know, make hay while the sun shines, as they say, and um, track as much stuff as we can do. And then if there's extra time, we start filling in, the stuff, but I, I work on a lot of stuff on my own in, in my little room here, my little studio. And then you use the internet so to trade files, on. right? Yeah, we trade files all the time, and uh, but we try and get the drums. He's got a good uh, place to do drums and stuff like that, so we try and get that happening, and then whatever else we can do while I'm there. Sometimes we'll have guests from the area, you know, that he knows or that are 
gettable from that area. We have them come and play with us, and uh, that's fun to do. So we we did a, a good bit of that on this record too. But yeah, so I just you know I'll send them stuff. I'll do demos and send them stuff, and then when we get together, we pick one. We we actually just, I just I just make like a you know a song list or a CD or whatever, and we go okay, let's work on this and so we start working on that and whatever stage that's in sometimes it's like very skeletal sometimes it's just like one part sometimes it's a whole demo a full-blown thing you know any number of ways and uh and that's what we do when we have guest players as well we just play them the song and say any of these sound cool that you'd be interested in doing something on you know once they're there we trap them in the studio and then say do you want to play on any of these like what do you feel and so if they have a feeling about something we start doing that Oh, sort of like a Donald Fagan, uh, Walter Becker thing. Yeah. No, no, probably not as many dudes end up on the floor. Somebody gave me a book. Not as many dudes, yeah. We we don't do 14 (laughs) guitar players, I think. You know, like, um, right, Larry Colton and shit on the floor. Yeah. Look, look, people, we're at the end of the second hour, January 10th, 2024 edition of Wap Pedro Show. Special guest, Paul Chastain. Hold tight for hour three. January 10th, 2024, it's the third hour of the Walk from Pedro Show.
Pedro show start off third hour more small square Woo. 23rd 23 skidoo right 23 is a heavy number 2 plus 3 is 5 all fives, right? <laughs> for every two things revealed keep three concealed Howard 23rd is a good example of uh, uh, this was a song that um, it's a good example of what we were talking about earlier where you you have the parts and the other person makes up the other parts of the song like the bridge so this this song was an idea that John the drummer had on piano he had the the sort of verse part and said i have this thing i said oh that's cool let's make a song out of it and then it needs another part okay so then i sat down with the piano and made up the bridge part and then we arranged that into an order and then we recorded the piano part to it to to start the recording so uh, and i and i really like the way that turned out you know like it was so you, you didn't mention all. piano you taught yourself piano yeah, I play a little bit. I, you know, I'm one of those sort of like, uh, what is it, uh, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. I'm kind of that describes me pretty much. I think. <laughs> you know what? Everybody's like that to some extent, unless you're fucking kicking yeah. like Cato. Uh, <laughs> you know, think about <laughs> it, right? Uh, the autodidact, yeah, and then there's true. the mentor and the sensei and all that kind of thing. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get to where you are, but this is where you are. That's interesting. 23rd Street, New York City. That's where the main Mason Lodge is. Hard to tell you about no. that. No. Let me uh, explain more of what we play to the people. Stefan Downing with Olympia Dreaming. Death Tax, alternate ambient mix from Express Wind Window. A book on VHS with Thoughts and Prayers. This is from the uh, Benefit compilation, Welcome to Gaza. Uh, mm. Disorty. Disorganism with shreds of decency, Gaza. Finally, now this sounds very Illinoisian, although I think there's a Springfield in every state of the Union, maybe. There's a yeah, Lincoln, I know that. But the Springfields with Sunflower. So, Going way back. 
yeah, but you got to give me this uh, info on this tune because it's the only time we play, right? That's right. Okay, Springfields. Springfields, uh, it's Rick Mink and I. We used to do, um, pre-Velvet Crush, we used to do these recordings um, that were just the two of us, but then we would try and get somebody to put them out and, and there would just be a different band name each time. So we did a few of those and Springfields is one of those and Springfields featured uh, Rick singing instead of me and kind of his song, uh, Sunflower is his song more. So I play on it and we, we kind of put the song together together, but mostly his idea. And uh, this song, the reason I put it on, um, it was recently released on the uh, Sarah Records uh collection and there's like books and stuff about sarah records right now so um just a little tie into that scene that we had at that point yeah there's a springfield in connecticut i think that's where the rifles are from there's springfield i think you're right every state in the yeah United i think yeah in a lincoln too it's right? like you know on the simpsons it's like springfield right <laughs> but i think that's where matt Gronin grew up or something a town like it uh-huh it could be yeah, it could be. That's what. What's the call? Eugene's got a a sister town. Damn Eugene, it, Oregon. Yeah, Eugene. Uh, it's a college town. It's where the ducks are, and then there's a town right next to it. And I think. Yeah, it's, I know what you mean. I think uh, he might have uh, grew up there or something. But but, but anyway, uh, I don't mean the Bogart on your thing here. Uh, <laughs> I want to play this uh, Amionuki.
This is a song called I've Been Waiting. Right.
For Pedro Show, last music for this edition. We started that chunk off with Amionuki. Uh, in parentheses, you put Puffy uh, Amiyumi. And this is with Puffy, I mean. Be Someone Tonight. And then we had Fence Post, yet another grand project. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Here, here, where Stanzi does. Laurie Lussler with Trans on, no, Trans Disfigured Waltz, number two. Healers with a, a cover of Fire song. Hear me. Nice. I talk about some Freemason shit in that too. Late 80s. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, Matthew Sweet. I've been waiting live. So I'm talking to you in Japan. Which town? Uh, I'm in a, town, a city called uh, Takarazuka. Okay. And how'd you get there? Uh, this is where my wife is from. So we ended up back here. It's in, uh, I'm, I'm about halfway between Osaka and Kobe for, for a little reference there. Kinky, right? Kinky. <laughs> it's not the same yeah. thing, people. <laughs> it's a region. It's not the other, not Kansai. But nothing Kansai to do with that being a hentai or a pervert, right? It's <laughs> just a coincidence. So, yes. okay, did you meet your wife over there or over here? Uh, I met her in the States, actually. So, yeah, she was just traveling around over in the States, and I met her. Actually, from, um, I believe it was in... Uh, it was in Indianapolis at a Matthew Sweet show that she had come to see while she was in the States traveling around. So um, I met her. And then we didn't start uh, dating at that point, but I had, had known her for a few years. You know, like guitar point, players uh, from Indianapolis, one that I really dig. You'd have to be able to read my mind, I guess. Wes Montgomery. Uh, oh, Wes And I played I in Tokyo with Han Bennick, who actually played with Wes Montgomery. Wes Montgomery oh. only used his thumb. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I don't know much about him. Well, go to YouTube.com. Well, he learned a bunch of Charlie Christian solos, and then he, he get this, John Coltrane asked him to join his band, and he turned him down. He said the music was too what? loud. Yeah. <laughs> but check out Wes McGarry. He died kind of young in his late 40s, maybe 1968 or something, year after John Coltrane. And I know some of his uh, records, but I didn't know he was from, uh, from Indy. That's interesting. He does a great cover of John Coltrane's uh, Impressions. Yeah, but just with his thumb going both ways. So, uh, wow. Okay, so how long you been living in Japan? Uh, maybe like uh, almost ten years now. Okay, you know Sam. I split my time. I mean, I'm in the states a lot, so it's kind of back and forth and doing stuff like that. But mostly here. You know Sam Bennett. He's an Alabama guy who, maybe twenty five years, he's living in Tokyo now. I don't know him. Yeah. See, all guy genes don't know each other. Jim O'Rourke told me, you know. 
uh, the, the typical guy gene. I'm the only one. <laughs> no, there's all kinds. <laughs> but they all know each other. Some of them know each other. Uh, can you read and write? Japanese? No. Well, I can, I can read. See, he got really upset at uh, Sam Bennett for not doing that. Because he learned it like in a year or two. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. Uh, yeah, I'm no shit. At, I'm not good <laughs> He gives at me all, these two uh, books that are like three inches thick each year. What? <laughs> it's like, Christ, Jim. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so right now the ongoing concern is small square, Ooh. right? Are you going to help Matthew right. out with some more torn? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm heading over to the States in uh, at the beginning of February, and uh, we're going to do a little um, exploratory touring. Uh, Matthew hasn't been out since before the... The, you know the before time um so it's been a little while and so we're gonna do a little swing through the midwest in uh in mid-february to um to see how it goes and uh, get get started again so midwest go in that february that sounds like a righteous time to tour the midwest yeah I mean, seriously <laughs> yeah minneapolis in february yeah asking for it yeah i did that with black flag minutemen oh man get this we played Min- minneapolis at the seventh street entry and then the next night was fucking the Rainbow in Denver, 17 hours, wow. and you go up 5,000 so, wow. so many feet. Yeah, But you know what? Just to get to haul. play other towns, I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm not bellyaching. Yeah, that's a you haul, know, though. Now, now, what you think Matthew would let Small Square, like, open up? Because, you know, I saw a tour when I finally got to see Richard Hell. The opening band was uh, Ivan Julian, what was the Invaders? or something? He had his own little band there for a while, and they were the oh, opening band. Intruders. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's it. Yeah. My memory's horrible. It was at the whiskey. It was um, like yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if that would be a good thing or not. Um, I mean, okay. it would be good in theory. I just don't know if that, how that worked out. You know, he he actually prefers to have um, like a not full bands open. Like we had the last few tours, we had the, uh, our friend Tommy Keen. To, uh, yeah, I know Tommy. Solo. I met him a couple times. Great cat. Yeah, he's a good cat, and he uh, so he would open just doing a solo thing. Uh, and that worked out really well because Tommy would actually travel with us, and we, you know, we loved him. So, yeah, was, uh, less hassle and stuff like that. I understand, Matthew. Yeah, pragmatic. Well, you got more music coming. Well, Small Square, right? Just got done. So, but oh no, you said it took a while to come out. So, what's in the pipeline right now for you? Um, just you know, making more songs and figuring out which songs belong together. Right now, I'm still I'm trying to figure out how to stretch the. You know, keep promoting this record and stretch the life of it past like a month or whatever, two months. Um, well, can I put an invite out? It. Can I put an invite out sure. to you when you get some new stuff? And uh, I'll play you. I'll play everything you send me. Okay, but I'd love to have you back on the show. We could play your music and talk about it. Oh yeah, I would. I would love to. Thank oh you so great, much. Paul. That'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. Thank you so much. So when you're ready, please bring, but no pressure, right, Mr. Wells? Ta- yeah. Taught okay. us No wine before it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Keep yeah, that keel in the water, Paul. People, yes, sir. January 10, 2024, this Watt Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.